This is the Technology and Sports Podcast. I'm Jim Vance. Okay, welcome back. This is episode four of the Technology and Sports Podcast. I'm Jim Vance, as usual. I'm recording this in Kona, Hawaii at the Ironman World Championships, which is pretty much like the Super Bowl of this sport every year. Not that I necessarily agree with that. I think there are definitely some great races. I'm not a huge fan of this race by itself. Uh, There's certainly a lot of things that can be done better, but... uh, this is the one that the media tends to pay attention to. Companies tend to pay attention to. They come out here. Uh, the best athletes tend to come to this race. So that's kind of what makes it uh, that Super Bowl. Uh, certainly the television, uh, the mainstream, the NBC broadcast, it does a lot. So it's actually, it's a great week to be here if you're in the endurance sports world uh, because you, you just learn so much. You see technology. I mean, so many new bikes have been launched this week. Uh, and part of that is just because they know that the media is is really paying attention to the sport. Um, so I think today I got a big an article sent to me about I think from Bike Radar. Uh, my dad sent it to me about BMC's new bike launch. Uh, it was like this week here. I want to say it was today or yesterday. Um, Cervelo launched a new bike. Uh, there's certainly a bunch of things. So so there's there's a lot of the cycling companies. Um, but there's also other other things, other companies that are here uh, launching new product or or really looking at at what their competition is, uh, trying to learn the market. I know there was I worked with one company from Japan last year that was here visiting and uh, really trying to learn this segment uh, of of the population. Triathletes tend to spend a lot of money on. Uh, on devices, technology, and things like that. So, uh, it's no surprise that that's my background, and that's how I got into this podcast. Um, while I've been here, I also did a panel uh, for Stride, which is the company in episode two. They launched their new foot pod, and they have some other cool things going on. Um, but they are, they're here, and we had a panel with a lot of media members, a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches showed up. Just to kind of learn about power and what can be gleaned from the information, what's what's actionable. So that's uh, that's been kind of a, that was a great event. It was run by Bob Babbitt. If you're in the triathlon world, of course you know Bob Babbitt and all his interviews. He was the MC of the event. He did a great job, and I think you can find it on Stride's website or or in their forum. Uh, they did Facebook Live and recorded it, so you can actually see see what happened. We got a little bit of a late start. I think it's about eight nine minutes in the into the video when we actually started the panel. So you can fast forward there and and kind of see and learn. We had. We had Crowey there, who is the three-time Ironman World Champion, and I believe—I know he has at least one 70.3 world title. Um, uh, we had Frank Jacobson, who's a coach that he's Crowey's worked with a lot. Uh, we had a gentleman named Jamie, who's one of the co- co-founders, co-owners of Stride. He's uh, big in the engineering side. Uh, really, really smart dude. I've spent some time with him this week, and uh, really impressed. Um, then, then there was me, and I was really just talking about the the, the way we can use the data to, to make training decisions. What what are some of the benefits of it? Um, there's still a lot we don't know, 
And the cool thing is this week's drive is actually going to have a few few age groupers and a number of professionals in the race, the, the elites, wearing the foot pod while they run uh, in, in the marathon here. So we're going we're gonna to learn a lot here this week. This is going to be cool. I'm, this, is, this is why I came. You know, really to to be a part of this and and learn with this new technology that's coming out and how it can be applied and you know the things we learn here I think will carry over into into running in general not just triathlon but uh, uh, it's an like I say it's an exciting time it's awesome to be here and do that um, like I mentioned there's a lot of companies here uh, Training Peaks is here uh, did an interview today. Uh, this evening with uh, Ryan Cooper of Best Bike Split, which is owned by Training Peaks, and Ryan is the interview that I will play here later in this podcast. He's uh, Ryan's a Ryan's a funny dude. I've kind of known a little bit over a couple of years, and uh, and it was cool to sit down today and just kind of hear about his company and and how it how it started. You know, just with him messing around and watching the Tour de France, and next thing he knows, he's like got come up with this prediction model that's pretty amazing. So. Uh, you know, again, the actionable side of technology. He's really in that. Like, he's putting it into action. Like, okay, you have these numbers and these metrics. How, how can you actually apply them? And he is exactly, he is exactly the, the application side of things. So, to me, that's, that's the real key and what we're all looking for. So, there's, you know, you walk around the expo here, there's there's a number of companies, you know, some new shoes, some new things, uh, you know, you can see some growth of certain companies. I, uh, I remember a few years ago, Roka came out with some goggles, they were just giving them away, and I tried them, and I thought they were pretty cool, and now they've got a whole whole line of goggles so you can really see the growth in their company shimano uh sram was here is here and they've got a new wireless electronic shifting uh system for for bikes um which is uh i was really impressed with uh with the the road setup uh they have a time trial setup and a road setup the road setup you know for if you're a cyclist and you've ridden a road bike or anyone who's ridden a road bike you should you usually shift your front derailleur on on the left and your rear derailleur on the right, and they're they're kind of opposite of each other in how they go. Or you know maybe if you used uh, double tap or something, it's a little bit different. But they've got it now where to shift up you use the right derailleur to shift down you use the left to shift to the front derailleur you push both both of them at the same time uh which is something i've never seen but man it just makes it so simple and i was was like this is this is great uh and and no wires i mean who doesn't love that uh you know there's no more housing making bikes look ugly and wires and stuff like that or replacing that and the thing with electronic shifting is every time it's a perfect shift once it gets dialed in it'll be perfect every single time as long as the battery stays charged so anyway some cool stuff there with that um and then and then there was some stuff that i would say wasn't so cool um i went uh, over to uh to oakley's uh, and look folks i love oakley they, i think they make the best best glasses in the world sunglasses in the world heck i even even my regular prescription daily glasses not sunglasses but the ones i wear to see are oakley i mean i'm i'm an oakley fan for sure and uh i really think what they do they pay attention to the small details they they really get make things uh pretty high quality sturdy durable but uh you know comfortable and sleek and stylish so 
you know, that's I basically just did a commercial for them. So now I'm going to rip them a little bit here. <laughs> Their new product is the Radar Pace, which is the Radar, if you know, as you probably know, if you're in the sunglasses in Oakley, is is one of their sunglasses. The Pace basically is 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 trying to be your coach, connecting to your phone, um, an app on your phone, and you can talk to it, and it'll tell you, oh, you're running this pace, uh, or you need to pick up the pace, you need to increase your heart rate, you're where you can ask it what your workout is. There, there's a ton of stuff. I'm not going to go through everything it can do. Uh, but it it's just kind of gimmicky. It's got these headphones hanging off it that, that you plug into your ear, which, as you probably know if you listened to my last episode and about when I was in Interbike, you know, if you're in California and you're a cyclist, you can't, you can't use this stuff. Uh, you, can't, you can't plug your ears anymore. Um, so... <laughs> And in fact, it's that's the gimmicky part. But but the real gimmicky part is uh, I was there with the gentleman, uh, a salesperson, kind of. He's working the demo and things, and he's uh, telling me, "Oh, and you can get power from this. From this, it'll it'll calculate power. We just have this foot pod on this treadmill, and it'll calculate power." Well, I was asking him. I kind of dove in a little bit deeper, and of course there. They're not accurately, by any stretch of the imagination, calculating power. Um, but uh, and the funny thing was, the guy actually told me, I'm like, yeah, power is kind of this new thing, kind of like in cycling. It's the big thing, you know, power. You can use power when you run now, and you, you should check it out. I was like, thanks, I'll, uh, I'll be sure and do that. So, <laughs> um, I didn't really continue with the conversation, but it's just them. They haven't done their homework. They've kind of rushed this. It's 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 kind of automating, in my sense, what what good coaching is. Um, you know, uh, uh, in my sense, if if you're really into a workout seriously, you're not going to take the time to ask your sunglasses what your pace is. You'll look down at your watch. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the gimmicky side of things, too. Um, now, if they just said, look, this is a, this is just an MP3 player, you know, so you can listen to your music. They've kind of done that in the past this with a, a number of years ago, but uh, this is kind of a, another way they're doing it. So, with that, let me see, what else do I have here? Um, if you are interested in one of my books like run with power uh i'm offering free shipping through my website just enter the enter the coupon code that coupon code is f ship all capital letters the letter f and then ship that's all one word f ship so free shipping for that um if you know of someone who would like to be a guest on the show Please, uh, please contact me. You can go to technologyandsports.com. You can look at what we've got there, uh, what I've got there. Um, contact us. Tell me, tell me some companies you're interested in learning about. Uh, tell me some individuals you're interested in learning from. Uh, I've got a, a list here that I'm, that I'm kind of building of some people that I'm planning to chat with, and um, I'm really looking forward to, to those to those conversations here and finalizing them. Um, obviously, with this week being the Ironman World Championships, it's probably best I make a prediction. So uh, I'm I'm just going to go out and say it's Jan Frodeno. Uh I think our top American is going to be Jesse Thomas. 
on the men's side there. And do I think Jesse can make the podium? Uh, I certainly do. Uh, he's he's got what it takes. Um, on the women's side, uh, I I like Marina Carfrey. I think she's kind of back. She missed last year with uh, with her crash here during race week. So I expect her to win. Uh, the the top American on the women's side is one that I'm I kind of go back and forth on. So, but I'm gonna stick with Heather Jackson. Uh, Heather's really learned a lot. She, you know, she continues to improve. I know so she did an interview with Bob Babbitt and it talked about uh, moving, uh, changing coaches to Joe Gambles and Joe really increasing the amount of intensity that she's doing, lowering her volume a bit. And I think that that's been kind of a winning, winning <laughs> formula. She she was successful out in in uh, Lake Placid. I think she smashed the course record there. So. So, uh, you know, I think with her experience and kind of what she knows, she was fifth, I believe, here last year. So uh, I like Heather Jackson as the top American. So that'll be good. And I myself will be a guest on Bob Abbott's show on Friday morning, 8 o'clock uh, Kona time. That'll be, that's 11 Pacific or 2 p.m. Eastern. It's a real possibility that by the time I post this or you get to listen to it, that will already have happened. But... You can. I will share the show in or share the interview with Babbitt uh, on my show notes at technologyandsports.com. Just click at the top on listen to the podcast. With that, it's uh, it's an exciting time here. It's uh, it's going to be a hot one, possibly some rain on Saturday. So we will uh, we'll see how this goes. I will be taking my data from the mile split and the 15k and looking at some projections uh you can follow me at jim vance on twitter uh i'll be posting those kind of live so should be uh should be a fun day it always it's always an exciting race especially here in town in the first 10 miles of the run so with that i will sign off here and get to the interview with Ryan Cooper. Then I'll be back to summarize, give some final thoughts, and go from there. All right, I'm here with Ryan Cooper. He is the founder and creator of Best Bike Split and the chief scientist for Training Peaks. Did I say that right? That's correct. Yeah. Well, welcome, Ryan. Get you hey, Jim. We are sitting in Kona at the Training Peaks house uh, in the jungle outside here with mongoose in the backyard. And, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a pretty horrible view, I have yes. to say. There's uh, nice gentle waves in the background, uh, some nice lush trees, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. So, um, so for this, this podcast has a, has a diverse uh, listening group runners cyclists a lot of that but obviously it's expanding out to and triathletes but it's expanding out to even others who are not endurance sports related so the big thing for you that that i want to you know the reason i brought you on is i'm really big into making data uh, actionable mm-hmm. and what we can do with it and i feel like your company and your product does that and and so I wanted to bring you on to have us have you kind of share because there are probably other groups and companies and athletes out there that can maybe think of other ways to do this or want to try and use your software. So tell us what Best Bike Split is 
and kind of how it came about. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of interesting. You you mentioned the actionable data. It's uh, it's <laughs> when I first started um, looking at data. Uh, my my background's electrical engineering from from many many years ago, and uh, I went on to masters and almost all of my PhD work, except the little pesky dissertation on. Um, uh, basically applied mathematics and so we got a, we dabbled in the this kind of idea of big data and you know being able to make like big data actionable and what I ended up finding is that a lot of times you really just need to be like let's find the right data we don't need all the data let's find the right data for this particular purpose and so um, best bike split kind of came out of part of that idea it was funny I was uh, listening to um, actually a, I was reading a forum on slow twitch and the slow twitch forum was uh, talked about math and cycling and there was a symposium at the uh, university of utah and it was all about math and cycling so i started to listen to that and uh, that a few uh, alpha mantis was talking about velodrome testing and aerodynamic testing and then um, a german guy and I, I can't remember his name he came on and he started talking about uh, optimized pacing you know for for kind of time trial pacing and he said well, we have this great thing, this great idea, and we can we can kind of optimize a pacing strategy, but you have to go race this race, or you have to go ride the course, and then we do some models, and it takes about six hours to run, and then... Uh, <laughs> six hours? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a fairly long, long time, and it doesn't quite take wind into account and some other things yet. And I said, whoa, okay, this there's got to be some kind of better way of, of, of doing that. So... Um, I kind of came up with this idea uh, with my background and, and kind of this math that I do, uh, which is basically solving very large problems very quickly. Um, so my wife and I had just had our first child. I had two weeks off from work, so I was sitting at home and kind of playing around with uh, some math, a math programming language. And not and with your kid. Well, he's like he's like just born, so it's hard to do. He sleeps a lot, so he's over there, and the tour was on, so he's watching the tour, and and so I build, I, I started building this this model, and uh, and it was it was kind of neat. I, I got finished like I, I literally got finished two o'clock in the morning before the first time trial, and so of the 2013 tour, and I sat up there and I and I had been writing down some numbers of like the kind of drag I thought. Um, Tony Martin had and the kind of drag I thought Chris Froome had and Contador and so and kind of some some power numbers based on previous races you know like I, I think there was some race da data from Froome from 2011 so I was like oh, okay I can use some of that and um, and so we came up with some predictions and we posted those predictions beforehand um, and then I'm telling my wife and you know, she's like been up, you know, with the baby and stuff, and she's like, "I don't care. What are you talking about?" <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, the the athletes start coming in, and the times start coming in, and we're like hitting a lot of the times right on the money. And I was like, "Holy crap, this is awesome!" And then she finally looks around, and goes, "Whoa, that's cool!" And then she looks at me, and she asks a question, which you know I didn't think about before. That she's like, "Okay, that's what are you gonna do with it now?" It's like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So. That's great. We, you know, can predict some times or something. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me you sat there and in one night? No, no, no. It was a week. It was oh. about a week worth of oh. work. Yeah, oh, yeah. A so a week worth oh, of... A whole week. A whole week. <laughs> this is a, a baseline model. So, like, it's not... I mean, we've we've 
refined it. We, we're still refining it today. So, uh, I mean, I still, a lot of people don't see all the things that are in the background. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a constant state of refinement. Uh, but, yeah, so the initial model was about a week. And, uh, you know, it was ugly. You had to hand generate a lot of stuff. It's not that much different than uh, the initial model wasn't that much different than you input a lot of things into Excel, it reads those things in from Excel, runs a bunch of math calculations, and then out comes kind of this result. Um, and so, but she asked, what are you going to do with this thing? I was like, oh, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do with it. Um, and funny enough, there was a, another post on Slow Twitch that popped up that said, here's Tony Martin's race plan for that same time trial. And it was like this really detailed race plan. It broke down like every 200 meters. At this 200 meters, I'm going to go full gas. I'm going 90% up this, you know, on this, after this turn, and 110% up this hill, and, and those kind of things. So I said, wait a minute. We're already kind of breaking this course down. We're running the way the math works is kind of breaking it down by significant direction changes and significant elevation changes. So, um, yeah, why don't, why don't we... Um, kind of find, see if we can provide athletes with this kind of detailed structure of, of how to how to race a course um and so that was that was kind of the genesis of it and uh so for those of you that <laughs> may not know exactly what i'm talking about um best bike split what we do is we take detailed information about an athlete their size uh you know their weight their kind of position on the bicycle the type of wheels they have um their their frame type um and then break down a course as i said by significant uh changes in direction and by significant elevation changes what we call effective elevation uh change uh so it'd be any kind of change in elevation that would cause some kind of strategy change uh in terms of power and um then basically we can from there say take a specific power target or normalized power target which is Kind of the physiological uh, power strain <laughs> that you that you feel in a course, um, and then map out exactly how to kind of optimize a ride, um, and from that it gives you a predicted time and and ride this course. Um, here's how I should best utilize the energy systems that I have. So, um, you know, it's from the initial stages. Uh, after the tour, we kind of put a beta framework together, and we're like, oh, well, this would be kind of fun, you know? We're not sure what the adoption will be, but it, it's it's neat, and uh, worked with a buddy to, to do the user interface, which I'm horrible at, so um, he put together all the nice things to make it easy to use. If I tried to do it, it would have looked like a spreadsheet, and you would have to enter a thousand variables, and it would just be, you know, ugly. But, um, you know, working with, with Rich, he was able to really... Um, kind of hone me in and say here are the important things to focus on and let's really just uh kind of make it user you know as user friendly as we can for a piece of tricky math software <laughs> so um kind of the next last phase was uh josh amberger was a kind of an up-and-coming uh triathlete um strong cyclist at the time but he was also a triathlete that shared all his data so would post it on social media was uh, very excited about you know his race data posting his garmin files uh you know and so it was we took his data because we we kind of knew what he was doing since we posting it and we said we tweeted out before the 70.3 world champs in 2013 we said josh hamburger is gonna finish in 215 something yeah, around two at 215 
and he tweeted us back and said, your model shit, mate. Um, there's no way I'm going to go that slow. <laughs> and so, sure enough, like, two days later, I don't know, maybe it got in his head, I don't know, but two days later, he biked, like, a 215.19 or something like that. And so, after that, we started working with him, and uh, and it was, it was, you know, really cool to be able to kind of get that feedback and then uh, start to start to go on from there. So. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so... So you you started this company then in 2013, and it grew it grew to there, and then and then you were acquired by Training Peaks, mm-hmm. correct? And now and now you've been you've been working with this, and and so so people realize it's not just triathlon, it's cycling too. I mean, correct? So they, correct. Yep. So if I'm let's say I'm a I'm a pro tour rider or not even a pro tour rider, I'm any rider. I'm right. doing the local stage race in my. Yep. in my community um and there's a time trial in it mm-hmm. so and i want to be prepared for this time trial how, how do i go about and use use it I, I create a rider profile i give you the the basic info and of who i am and then how do you get the course and and adjust right it? so um yeah it's a great point uh it was funny the after we did the triathlon stuff the the next people that contacted us were uh, trek factory racing that were interested in doing time trial analysis for the tour um and so we went to the tour in 2014 to to work on the time trials there and uh but it's it's funny (laughs) the pros they naturally pace themselves so well anyway right so all this especially on a kind of a short time trial they know their effort levels and they pace themselves typically pace themselves very very well um so age group and you know these cat three cat two type racers or even cat four racers they're um, they have a lot to benefit from ideal pacing. And so what we do is basically, um, in most time trials, what we would do is kind of, you know, a kind of target time that, you know, people have won a lot of these races before. A lot of these courses for, like Tor of Gila, for instance, time trial, um, a lot of them are like on the same course. We can plot out the weather conditions from last year, so from the previous year. So we pull in, uh, basically weather conditions along the whole course uh from every uh weather station along that course from the time <laughs> that the athletes expected to go past it so you can pick up the course conditions from last year check out the times um so take the winning time run a model see what kind of power numbers you would have to produce to get that kind of time and then start to apply that to this year's uh weather conditions and say because the weather conditions always change, you don't want to say, "Oh, it was a thirty, you know, a thirty-minute time trial last year, so I got to do thirty minutes this year." Well, the weather conditions may say the best person's only going to do thirty-four minutes this year. So you really want to like kind of um, do these what-if analysis and and being able to compare previous efforts to you know your next effort and uh, really kind of dial that in. And so at Best Bike Split, like the models that we can run, you can target a, a power level or a normalized power level. You could target a time and see the type of power numbers you would need for that race. Um, or you could target a training stress score, or TSS, which is um, basically a, uh, a score that, that judges both the time and uh, the intensity, so the duration and the intensity of the effort. Usually that's used mostly by, by triathletes. Um, so for time trials, a lot of time it's kind of a target FTP or power, you know, max threshold power number or uh, they're trying to aim for a certain time and, and going through that way. Um, on, so, oh, so, it's, so this is not just 
high-level elite stuff. This is for even somebody that's as long as they have a power meter on their bicycle, they're they're able to to, to, to do this. Oh, for utilize sure. Utilize this software. They don't have to be elite. They don't have to be. It, it's uh, it was uh, we had a coach um, who uses it primarily with their first-time athletes. Uh, they're making sure they can hit their cutoff times on an Ironman. So you want, you got to hit that bike cutoff. What kind of power do I need to do? And then factor in some breaks and say, okay, if you do this power and you have 20 minutes worth of breaks, then this is the kind of time that, you know, you can make sure you hit your cutoff time. And I was, I, I, and I can't remember, uh, I think it was Joanna Zeiger or somebody who asked me about that. It was like, oh, I have these athletes, they just never done it, and they've got their power meter, and um, they're really worried about this, and I want to make sure that they feel comfortable going in, that they have the confidence to say, okay, I can go and, and make that time. So I was really, uh, yeah, I, was, I had thought about it before, and I go, oh, that's, yeah, that is a good way to use it. So It is. It is. I've actually used it to bring athletes back to reality. There is. They have a goal time in mind, and I'm like, okay, here's the wattage you need to do, and here's right. the training stress score, and guess what? Yeah, so you're gonna you, be walking. You'll be walking. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially in, in triathlon, it's it's a, uh, you know, it's it's not just a bike. So there is a, you know, you can lose you can lose the race on the bike really really easy in triathlon, uh, especially long course triathlon. So making sure the gauge expectations, you know, if somebody races Ironman Florida and goes, oh, I did a 5.10 at Ironman Florida, at I Ironman Wisconsin, I'm going to do a 5.10. And you go, mm, well, hold on. <laughs> let's let's look at it. This, Ironman Wisconsin's a different beast than, than Ironman Florida and definitely different than, than Kona. So, um, yeah. Are you sure. using, I mean, let's look at the future with, with Best mm -hmm. Bike Split and, you know, potential other things. Can... Could athletes test their aerodynamics and improvements and, and fit changes based upon previous data and certain workouts? Or, I mean, is that, is, I mean, are... Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, we're, that's the next area that we're looking at is really, uh, you know, my kind of idea of... Um, a real world wind tunnel. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like <laughs> every road. ride could be, you know, almost every ride could be a wind tunnel uh, ride. So you can kind of start to chart that over time. Uh, Velodrome's great. The wind tunnel is obviously really great, but they're very expensive, and it's you know it's hard to get time and hard to do it. Um, there are some new sensors, aerodynamic sensors coming out, but again, it's you know it's one more added expense. If we can start to take data and weather station data and your ride data, and at least come up with a really good estimate of of um, where you are ride after ride, then then that's something that we're really going to focus on in the next next couple of months. Um, have this idea of kind of this, uh, you know, model of the athlete, right? And so if you have data from an athlete and they're racing and you can start to pull data from the race in terms of drag, in terms of cornering speeds, in terms of how well does that athlete descend. So it's all it can be used to fine tune the model and point out where you may be giving up time in certain courses. So take me, I am a, I am a horrible descent. I mean, I'm a, I'm horrible. I can't descend for anything. Um, when I, when we got <laughs> purchased by Training Peaks, my wife and I moved up there for a while, and I'd go on these rides with the team or with the with the company. And I like to joke, it's like, so they all waited for me at the top of the hill for me to get up because I'm from Texas and they're at 6,000 feet, 5,000 feet, and so they waited for me at the top of the hill and I'm wheezing and whatever else, and then they'd wait for me at the bottom of the hill for about the same amount of time. So, um, you know, learn to look down the road, dude. I get look down the road. <laughs> I didn't want to look down the road because I could see the cliff. <laughs> it may have been going off, but yeah. So it was, uh, 
you know, but I, I know that. And if I can make sh if I can pull that data out and build that in the models, then I can know, hey, this course may not suit my strengths. And so I may want to work on it or, you know, or look at a different type of course for my for my abilities, you know, so depending on what my goals are. Um, so that's definitely an area that over the next couple of months, we're going to be diving into both at Best Bike Split and at Training Peaks as well. Um, and then another area is uh, road racing strategy. So um, we did a little bit of work with uh, some pro teams this year on just kind of trying to map out um, based on weather conditions and Peloton type of uh, effects where you could potentially make breaks or where you might want to cover breaks or how much time do you need to gap the field so that on the rest of the course you can stay away. Um, and we actually uh, worked with a um, bunch of Cat 3s and Cat 4s in Tulsa, Oklahoma <laughs> and uh, uh, and mapped out a couple of their race strategies and um, same kind of thing and, and it actually worked really well for them. They didn't end up winning but I think they got 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 6th and 8th and on a breakaway group and it was uh, it was really interesting to see that, hey, you know, you can kind of use this stuff um, across the spectrum. It doesn't have to be professionals. It's, sure. it's physics is still physics, uh, you know, whether it's <laughs> going at 40 miles an hour or, you know, 20 miles an hour. So it's, sure. it's really cool. Is it is it possible maybe in the future, you think, to even say, if this is your race strategy, here are the specific types of workouts you would need to target uh, time intervals at certain yeah. wattage zones, I would think, or I, yeah, I, I definitely think so. And you know, for us, I'm I'm more on the math and the physics side, and and I love cycling. Um, but you know, bringing that in and bringing coaches in to sure. to really say like, here are the kind of workouts that would really suit that, or using the resources we have at Training Peaks or at WKO4 um, to really say like, okay for this type of course you have all these little short stubby hills so maybe you need like five ten minute kind of powers that you can repeat whereas another course is going to be much more steady so you need to work on your kind of FTP numbers so um, I definitely think that um, you know course specific and condition specific or even season specific uh, you know goals can be pulled from your race plan and from your race strategy over into your training and then pushed back and then kind of refine it you know sure yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, and you also you've also started a new project and called which is called the Pacing Project, mm -hmm. uh, which is for runners to to learn how to pace certain races or courses. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know me being involved in power <laughs> and run you know power meters for running. Uh, I mean, what do you see the future in that? And I mean, is do you think everything you're learning here is pretty much applicable to that, or? I, I mean, yes and no. Uh, cycling is seems to be you know quite a bit less demanding on the body than running. So um, you know, you you do have fatigue and form degradation over time, but much less so than in running. It's just such a violent you know pounding, and 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 so um, I think with pace and pace is a great thing for for running, but. Um, you know what I've started to learn with with power in running is that you can really start to say where does that form and that fatigue start to set in and then how can we start to train and how can we start to do things to start elongating that you know that kind of if I have a normalized graded pace or if I have a you know a pace line a flat pace line you know how can I make sure that that power stays steady longer um, and, and I think um, with the pacing project, what we did, it was kind of a proof of concept. Um, can we apply 
um, the same kind of mathematics with different equations on the back end, obviously, um, to running. Um, and our first effort has only been, it hasn't taken wind into account yet, but it, it's only been talking uh, linked to gradient changes, basically. So um, let's say you have a Boston, for instance, where there's quite a bit of hills, but a net negative over the course of it. Um, would you run that differently than you would say run a um, you know a purely flat course out in Las Vegas? So um, so like a rock and roll or something. And you know it turns out yes you will. And um, power is nice because it kind of normalizes that. You know it kind of says oh you're gonna you're gonna naturally increase your power a little bit uphill, but maybe you should just slow your pace down and keep your power you know more flat. And so what we found with the the pacing project is. We basically use a new normalized graded uh, pace um, equation in the back end, and it says, okay, based on a fatigue curve where we kind of know, uh, based on previous performances, what your performance would be for a flat race of that distance, um, let's now vary that pace with a normalized graded pace target um, and say, like, okay, you want your kind of your fatigue or your, or your stress at the end of the race to be the same but you're going to vary your race based on the gradient changes and uh, to kind of verify it what we ended up doing is taking very elite elite runner files and uh, so the winner of the Boston Marathon and the female winner of the Boston Marathon and what you find is uh, and various other marathons so uh, and, and and actually ultra endurance racing as well and what you find is that once again professionals tend to pace very very well um and as you start to overlay um the charts the kind of what the pacing project was saying is saying, okay run at this pace down this hill and this pace up this hill so a little bit slower as you're going up the hill you start to overlay the charts and they start to follow each other very very nicely and so like the elites are running like you know at a very nice pace where they're got a little slight variation as they're going down and up these hills and then you look at some of the age groupers and you start to see a lot of them overcooking this pace really early and then they start to fade and fade and fade and fade um and so you know potentially they could have run at a much better pace pacing strategy and a much you know more even normalized graded pace and, and finish faster and so um i think that's that's what we were trying to prove with it, and and we've uh, we've done quite a bit of work on the marathon distance and, and on some of the ultra distance and off road runs, uh, where you have extreme pace or extreme uh, grade differences, and uh, it's been it's been very successful. So ideally, in the next phase of that, we'll really start to look at, at new metrics like power and 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 see how we can build those into into it as well. So awesome, awesome. Well. So, so the website is bestbikesplit.com, right? Mm -hmm. And thepacingproject.com for runners. And let's see, I, uh, is there anything else cool going on with you guys that uh, you want to share? Um, I mean, mostly uh, I think we covered most of the things on the Best Bike Split side. I think on the Training Peak side, we have a lot of cool stuff coming down the kind of down the pipe. So we're uh, we're going to be doing structured workout builder. So um, the vision is by you know the beginning of next season, um, you have a coach or you start set up your own workout um, on Training Peaks. You put it on your calendar, and then not only is it on your calendar, and you get a notification of that workout on your phone, but then you also say you have a Garmin head unit or a Garmin watch. You turn on your Garmin watch, and then your workout's just there, and it's ready to go. Um, so you go do your workout, or your athlete goes and does their workout. 
automatically sync back up and then you can start to compare what did what did they do versus what should I did I say they should do um, and then you know kind of gives just a little bit better compliance uh, you know workout compliance for the athlete and for the coach so yeah well uh, I know that there are plenty of times I I think I've written a workout pretty clearly, and people are still confused. Well, <laughs> so. we, t- we talked to somebody today. It was like, I'm in the middle of my doing my workout, and I forgot what it was, so I bring up my phone while I'm on the bike, and I was like, this sounds like a recipe for disaster, <laughs> as you've just been doing threshold work, and now you're fumbling for your phone. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really, really cool cool thing. So. Awesome. Well, thank you, Ryan. Uh, again, bestbikesplit.com, trainingpeaks.com. Uh, like I said, the my f- just my favorite part of all this and why I started this podcast is there's so much technology out there but how much of it is actionable and and there's no doubt that what you're doing is is the actionable side so that's uh you know that's if as long as we continue with that then every every technological breakthrough we we make will be that much better so hopefully (laughs) thank you very much Jim I appreciate it you're welcome all right, I'm back with some final thoughts uh, from the interview there with Ryan. You know, <laughs> the funniest thing about Ryan is in the story when he says, yeah, so I was home off from work for two weeks and just watching the Tour de France, so then I kind of just made this prediction model in two weeks, or one week, So, and how successful it was. That's, I mean, that's the beauty of technology. I mean, this literally came from a guy who was sitting on his couch and just had the right background to know kind of what to do and was playing around with what he thought was, you know, one of his favorite sports. He's a big cycling fan. So, so that's, I, th- I just find that amazing that that's where we're at in the world today, that we can, we can have people do that literally just come up with this using technology that's that's around us and and make this technology actionable that's in my in my opinion like i kind of mentioned with ryan everything's actionable uh with his it's it's all about actually putting putting all these toys to use for performance and and to me that's the that's the biggest key uh, i'll be anxious to see how how the pacing project improves especially as power data for running really really begins to evolve and we and we learn and know more so that's that'll be a great one um other than that it's like i said ironman world championships so this uh this gonna be a fun time you can check me check out uh the podcast on facebook just look up technology and sports you can find us at our website technologyandsports.com we are on itunes we're on soundcloud so enjoy the show and i will talk with you in the next episode take care